one. Let's go. Let's go. You're about to experience action like you've never heard it before. Action sports, celebrities, badasses, and massive interviews. All coming to you from the Polaris Razor Studio. This is Jim Beaver's Project Action, exclusively on Podcast One. Welcome to Project Action on Podcast One here at the Polaris Razor Studio. Jim Beaver here with uh, a fun one today. Guy I wanted to catch up with for a long, long time. Fellow off-road racer, pro off-road racer. He's also an author, entrepreneur, motivational speaker. Guy with one hell of a story. Also a dirt fish aficionado. So anytime we can slide somebody like that in, um, it's a good time. But uh, Justin Peck, man, this is... uh, like you said before, this is one I wanted to do for quite a while. Finally got him locked and loaded here on the show. I think you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy this interview. Um, so if you guys are tuning in for the first time ever to uh, Project Action, welcome to the show. Man, we are the podcast where anything goes. Uh, it's all things action, whether it be race car drivers, action sports athletes, regular athletes. Sometimes we get some Olympians on. Hey, sometimes we're going to have musicians. Sometimes we're going to have action movie stars, uh, video gamers. I don't know. We've got a little bit of everything. Thing here on Project Action. It's all things that I think are rad, right? All things awesome. That was actually one of uh interesting note. One of the things we one of the potential titles of this show was going to be All Things Awesome. So uh settled on Project Action for uh, All Things Action Pack, but uh I don't know, kind of I don't know, we've thrown some pro wrestlers here and here and there as well. Um I don't know, just a lot of fun. Talk some MMA fighting. Um so, anyways, thank you guys for joining me um, on Project Action. Please go over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button to Project Action. Much appreciated. If you want to follow from me on social media, you know how you get that? Well, you go and subscribe to Project Action. And you know how I know if you subscribed? Well, you're going to leave a rating or review right there on iTunes. And if you do that and you leave your Twitter, Instagram, at username in the body of the review, when you leave that review and I see it, I will follow you back on social media. So uh, it's a promise from me to you, and uh, that's the easiest way to get a follow from me. Speaking of that, at JimBeaver15 on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. Um, I've also got a Facebook group, a uh, website, downanddirtyshow.com, for my other show that you also should be subscribing to on iTunes as well. So, um, man, I don't know. I, it's been a couple of crazy weeks for me. Uh, I had the Parker 250, the Best Desert Parker 425. I was out at King of the Hammers. Uh, now I've got a mint 400 coming up in a few weeks. So man, you never know where the hell I'm going to be. I got TV firing up with Lucas oil here in a couple of weeks as well. Um, but, uh, it's been, uh, been a fun ride so far in 2019. And, uh, thanks to all of you who, uh, have been along to uh, enjoy the journey with me. Uh, but, uh, you know, before we get to this interview with Justin Peck, you know, I couldn't do project action without some of our amazing partners. And one of those is our good friends at betonline.ag. You know, February continues with a ton of action in the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, with teams now putting themselves in position for the second half of the season, and March Madness just over a month away, every game becomes that much more important. And as I've been saving for months now, there's only one place that has all the actions in the early lines that you want, and that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account on betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, and get a 50% sign-up bonus. Yes, I just said 50% sign-up bonus. 
You know, I'm a big hockey fan. You guys know this. And you know Tampa, New York, Winnipeg? Ah, Winnipeg, man. Um, And Calgary currently sit on top of all their divisions. Will Washington get a chance to repeat the Stanley Cup? Can Vegas repeat its magic from last year and get back on top? Well, Toronto and Nashville, they're staying pretty close, too. You know what? Use your mobile device today and sign up at betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1 and get that 50% sign-up bonus. Also, you can try in-game live betting and all, for all the fun in the action, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. And speaking of betonline.ag, we will have Dave Mason with betonline.ag right here on Project Action today as soon as the uh, Justin Peck interview is over. So uh, you want uh, to know about the current storylines in MMA? We've got uh, Dave Mason here with betonline.ag who will be joining us on the podcast as soon as uh, we're done with Dave Mason. So you don't want to miss that. You're getting a twofer today on Project Action. That is right, Justin Peck and Dave Mason from betonline.ag. We've also got a couple of other partners been through us, been with us almost since day one, like our good friends over there at Geico. You know, and everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some groceries, pay some bills. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you, yes, that's you listening right now to this, could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket just may be the most rewarding thing that you do today. And, you know, another one. Started this podcast day one. They're like, we want in. And uh, that's our good friends over there at True Car. And you know, 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Well, you can get an offer for, on your car with True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes you to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or listen to my voice right now, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or your home. Just go to True Car, simply enter your license plate number, and watch how your car's details just pop right up. Answer a few questions, you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring the car in, they'll check it out with you, and together you'll decide on an offer. You ask questions, get the answers you need. There's no surprises. Simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a brand new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. All right, we are going to roll right into this interview with Justin Peck. And uh, when that's over, hang tight. Don't go anywhere because we got Dave Mason with betonline.ag. I'd like to welcome my guests this week to the show. I haven't quite figured out if this would be Down and Dirty Show, Project Action, or both, but uh, uh, fellow off-road racer Justin Peck, man, welcome, uh, finally welcome to the show, buddy. Ah, thanks, Jim. It's a pleasure, brother. It's, I've, been, uh, I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I think we've got, we've got a bunch of mutual friends and everything else, and I know here actually out at Parker a week, week and a half ago, I saw your truck over there. I would qualified, and you guys were going to qualify. I was going to go over there and say, hey, and it was just one of those where uh, um, I, just, I, I had a bunch going on. I know you did, and I wasn't able to make it over there, man, but it uh, looked like you guys had a pretty, pretty solid qualifying run, and how would you end up in the, in the actual race? Yeah, like the the qualifier was amazing. It was um, we we ended up qualifying sixth out of out of the group, and I mean it felt good. Like yeah, we you know I I drove as hard as I could, and just like everybody else, and and uh, you know we had a good spot. So the race, on the other hand, I mean it was it was really good. But if anybody knows Parker, Arizona, man, that 
the four twenty five is just brutal, right? Yeah. It it beats you up. So we made it to I think mile three ninety, three ninety five, something like that, before um we lost an input shaft in the in the transmission and basically that was it. Oh. Smoked smoked the transmission and we were done. That's the brutal one too, three ninety five. Like you guys are, I mean, you're damn near home, right? And uh, like you can, t- yeah. you can taste the finish line, and uh, those are the worst ones. Those are the worst ones, and the problem is, is we've had too many of those. Last year, last year we were leading um, three out of the six races, and we broke all like all those races. We broke within ten or fifteen miles of the finish. Gosh. So. This podium for us, this win for us is there. We have as a team the driving ability to win these things, but and it's just not quite coming together. <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing about desert racing. You tell that story, and I, like I, there was one. This is like four years ago in the trophy truck we were running Vegas Torino, and there's that last pit that's like 40 miles from the finish, you know, and you've already done yep. over 500 miles. There's that one last pit, and the truck. Um, we were having some kind of like electrical issue, like the lights were kind of flashing and flickering. And, uh, anyways, I pulled into the pit and told the guys, I'm going to pull in, um, you know, shut the truck off, check the, check these connections or whatever. And it was one of those things where you need the truck off to do it. Um, we pull in there, I turn it off, they go and check, they get, you know, and they found something a little loose. I mean, it wasn't, it was something we could have finished with. Um, but it was like one of the connections with one of the light bars or something like that. Anyways, they fix it. I go to start the truck. The starter was locked up. And, uh, oh, no. and, uh, it was one of those, like in the way that our starter is on our trophy truck, it's dude, we had to, we had to call it a day, like 40 miles from the finish with a truck that would have finished. But, and it was just like here two years ago, I, same thing. We we're going through the pit in the trophy truck and uh, I get there and I was having some kind of stupid problem. And the guys were literally, the pit was in the exact same spot. And the guys were like, you going to pull in and have us look at it. And I'm like, you guys are in the same spot as you were two years ago. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm pulling in there. And I just drove it to the finish. It's like, I'm going to pull in the pit. We're not going to go any longer or farther. I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to limp this thing to the finish, you know? Wow. <laughs> so it's, well, it's a race, man. <laughs> yeah, It's crazy. But um, yeah, your guys' program, though, I mean, and you're one of the guys, uh, you know, I know you're good friends with uh, Ray Ray Griffith, too, right? I mean, you guys kind of bounce across, oh, yeah. bounce around between uh, short course and uh, desert. And, I mean, how's that for you, you know, jumping back and forth? Because, I mean, there's a few guys that are doing it, and you're one of them. Yeah, there are a few of us doing it. Um, I'm one of them that that <laughs> I'm actually the only one that's doing um, kind of the schedule that, that I've got going on. So, uh, this year I'm slated for 47 weekends, um, racing. <laughs> so I'm doing all the best in the desert, as many of the score races I, as I can get in. And so, you know, the thousand, the 500 and the, and the Felipe 250, um, we've got all the American, well, not all of it, most of the American rally cross series. Um, so that's going to be, you know, a code of the big, you know, in, wow, you're doing ARX. In, um, uh, are you yeah yeah like, are you doing lights what what are you racing in that like now you got my interest really peaked i didn't know about this so yeah so uh, so there's a, a new class called the sp1 class which um 
they're it, it's a it's a cross cart so they're a hayabusa motor uh, gotcha. um stupid fast i mean these things will do over 200 miles an hour i mean i've drove these things i've drove the piss out of these things man and they are literally like the funnest thing i've ever drove in my life so i'll be doing those for a couple rounds um you know i might be able to it looks like we've got finland and norway slated in um for those so which will be fun because there's snow races and i i mean i'm from utah so it's like i love the snow in that sense so and then i've got um i'm doing a full sst season um with robbie gordon so that that's coming up in two weeks and then my youngest my 13 year old um got accepted to um this pretty um badass karting program so we've been he's nationally um ranked now on uh in his in his karting and so i've been doing all that too so while he's out karting i'm actually karting as well just for seat time yeah why so, not, yeah right? at the end of the day at the end of the day i drive all of the time yeah well it's kind of like me i'll jump in anything you know it's like i i don't care i'll drive whatever you know or i'll learn to and uh, even on the weekends I'm not, I'm out in the razor having fun or something, you know, it's one of those where exactly. you said, like you said, seat time, man, it, it's all it is. Doesn't matter what it's in. It's, you know, you can always take something from it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we all learn by with what we do. And, and then as we progress our skill level and our skill set gets better. And so, you know, if we're just goofing around in a go-kart or a razor or whatever, we're still picking up some type of, of skill progression that ultimately makes us a faster a racer. Yeah. Well, and you guys, uh, I think you and Ray went up to, uh, you spent some time at Dirtfish, uh, what, a year, year and a half, two years ago, didn't you? How, how was that up there at uh, Dirtfish? <laughs> man, Dirtfish is so much fun, man. It's, it, it really is um, one of those places that you can just show up and just, it, like, you really don't even need to bring a helmet. They provide the helmet and everything. Yeah. So when I go, it's usually, you know, probably a, a mid-December or a like a mid-February where it's not too cold, and but there's not a lot of snow. And so um, I've been down there probably three or four times, and it man, it is a great place. Just to go out, rally these cars around. You have some really great instructors and um, to kind of guide you and teach you and and as long as you can take your ego and tuck it away, I know it's it's hard sometimes yeah. as, as drivers, you know, because our ego gets in the way. But if you can take that ego and put it in your pocket and just learn from these guys, you just you will become a better driver. Yeah, you know, and that's one thing. Like I, I'm with you. I've you know, and I'm lucky enough to have kind of a sponsorship with them, but. I've gone up there. I honestly, I've lost count. Uh, and I just fly up there, you know, for day meetings and things like that. But like you yep. said, like I, there's something and us as drivers, it's hard. And it's like, if you can check everything at the door and it's like, I go in there and I, I check everything at the door and I tell the guys, I'm like, if I'm screwing up, I'm like, don't pull any punches. Tell me. And I'm like, and don't be polite to me. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. think, I'm like, don't treat me like you would any other customer. I'm like, if there's something you see wrong, tell me i'm like I, i'm okay with it you know and i'm like be hard on me i said don't don't say oh that's okay because it's okay for everybody else i'm like if it's you know i'm like if you think i can do better tell me you know it can be done better you know and so if you yep. approach it that way there i mean you can get so much of it out of it as a driver oh exactly hands down 
So, yeah. I mean, it was actually pretty rad because um, Nate Tennis, yeah. I'm sure you already know him. Yeah, I know Nate and well. He, yeah, he, he was down racing. So, yeah, and it was, it was awesome to see him in the 6100. Yeah, he was so pumped because he's done like I mean he's done stuff in like Baja Bugs and things like that. And I think this was like sixty one hundred. Yeah. Like he was like this is big boy stuff, you know. And Nate's a hell of a driver, so I think he was really excited about it. Oh, of course. Other than the huge penalty that he got, <laughs> I, saw I mean he knows better than this man. Like, come on, he knows better. Well, I saw the penalty was a two-hour penalty for something like dangerous driving in the parking lot. I, I don't know what it was. I haven't texted him. I, oh, you, I, oh, you don't even know what no, it was. I, he, crosses the, he, he crosses the finish line, right? And it's in the rain. Oh, he God. crosses the finish line and just the over-sense, overwhelming sense of joy of just qualifying. Dude, he starts doing donuts, dude. <laughs> like all the way down the right after the finish line. Well, you know how crazy donald and those guys are right it, oh, when it comes to that God. safety 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 <laughs> well nate's doing donuts on the asphalt <laughs> in front of like the crits and in front of but the police and everything oh, so yeah they, they they gave <laughs> they gave him a two-hour penalty <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought it was say, i thought it was funny it is funny like he and i every time i'm up there we'll, we'll pick a night and we'll go out and have beers so this is like this is conversation for yes i've got i got firepower for mr nate and i know he's probably tuning in yes because you he, do uh, because he listens to the show um uh, but oh man that's gonna be fun we'll have to go up to dirtfish sometime wow. at the same time dude because i go up there a couple times a year we'll have to schedule something in and go up there at the same time i think it'd be fun and like my stuff i've gone through so many classes now it's like i need to almost do like I don't know. I've been through, I think, pretty much the, everything they offer. So it's like I, they kind of tailor make stuff. So I, it seems like you're about the yep. same way, you know. So we'll have to go up there same time and have some fun. Yeah, they. I, I know they've got um, a newer, advanced program. I've yeah. done. I mean, I've done the beginner to the intermediate to the advanced to the ultra advanced to the race rally advanced to I've done them all. And I know that they've got another program out that I think is like four days, but is, is really intense. You run back through the trees and backwards and like some, some really, really cool stuff. What's funny is we're talking about this, like everybody knows what dirt fish is, right? (laughs) (laughs) I guess most of the listeners of this show do by now because we run the commercials every single episode. So I'm sure. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they do then. Maybe they do. I'm sure they've got a general idea anyways, but yeah. Well, you know, we got to, you and I could, you know, just shoot the bull here on, on racing all day long. We'll probably touch some more on that, but I want to go kind of go back to the beginning, man, because you've got a hell of a story and that's part of the reason why we've got, you know, you've got your book bulletproof. And I mean, I think a lot of people see you that know off road, they see the name and things like that, but I think there's a whole lot more in your backstory. And I kind of want to go on that, you know, cause growing up, I know things were rough. And then at a young age, you decided you wanted to be a race car driver. I mean, let's kind of go back to the beginning and kind of tell your story. You know what I mean? It, it, coming up because you got, you really, I know you do a lot of motivational speaking and stuff like that, but your story, man, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty intense. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it's intense for the people who haven't lived it. To me, it just seems normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, man, I started, let me think, probably, how old am I now? <laughs> probably like 40 years, probably 40 years ago, right? That I started on a dirt bike. Um, my dad had one and... 
and started the dirt bike stuff. And as time went on, and as I got older, we got bigger dirt bikes. And and then when I got married, uh, that's when I got my first real bike and started moto um, van. And and I've been racing ever since, right? So the main reason for the racing there's actually two big reasons um the main reason was of course for the adrenaline and for the sense of competition but the other reason was that even like way back in the day before i was diagnosed with anything i knew that the helmet every time i put the helmet on all the outside chaos would go away i wouldn't have to worry about any of the junk and any of the the overthinking and the mind, just the mind screwing of, of everything. I could put the helmet on and race and be totally fine. So as the years go on, I, um, I was diagnosed with class one bipolar disorder, um, about 14 years ago. And it was kind of a life changer. Um, the, the story of how I got there, and it was, it, it takes a little bit to tell, but, and, and, you know, it's in the book, but it basically comes from a suicide attempt that should have worked. Um, how it didn't work, I have no idea, but, uh, had the, had the suicide attempt. And then from that, um, went to the doctor and kind of went through the whole process of, of the the medical side and yeah like at the end of the day it was i had the doctor look at me and say yeah you're like the poster boy for class one bipolar disorder like great what does that mean well i've been learning what that means for you know for the rest of my life now yeah and that's kind and that's kind of the stage i'm at now i'm i mean like i i really am learning about it well, it's funny you talk about the helmet because I've had this conversation before with people and, uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, obviously you're an entrepreneur. you got so much going on as race car drivers. We, we know that, you know, racing is just a small part of it. You know what I mean? There's so much that leads up to the race and actually getting in the car. And obviously that's why you surround yourself yeah. with good people that help with that. But like I've told people, I'm like, you know, it's the one time. And I said, you know, a lot of people, they use drugs to escape. And they, you know, they, they, everybody has their escape one way or another. You know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. uh, yes. like with me, I, like you said, I, I can put that helmet on. And if it's an eight hour race, I know for eight hours, I don't have to think about anything. I can shut the world off. And, uh, to yep. me, that is something special. That's a sanctuary when I put that helmet on, you know, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that, but I think some do because they have their sanctuary doing something completely different, you know? Yeah, whether it be music or cooking or sewing or or all these other different things, these these little side craft trades that people do, that I mean, it's not necessarily that they're compulsive and that they're obsessive. However, it's it's like it's their jam, it's their thing that they like to do that can pull them out of whatever mood that they're in. Yeah. I wish more people had that. Like it. I wish I could give that type of experience to people. So when they're, when they are in the down and out, it's I could hand them something saying, Hey, look, you know what? Look at this to help pull them out of the, the space that they're in. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, having that, you know, and I know it's, it's healthy. Like I, if I haven't been in a race car for six months or something like that, which, you know, has happened, you know, at times it's like, 
man, it's like something's missing. And it's like, man, once you get in there, it's like it recharges, reboots. And I mean, I get that just on a, on a weekend too. I can do it. I've got obviously some razors in the garage and, uh, you know, I can take one of those out for 30 minutes or an hour. And I'm lucky I live in Parker where it's literally just driving down the street out to the desert, but it's like, I can, (laughs) I can shut things out for 30 or 30 minutes or an hour at a time, you know? Yeah. And that's just, I I mean, honestly, it's what it takes. I nowadays in society and with the, just the, pressure and the overthinking and the stress of financial and with all the junk dude that that society and this world puts on us if we don't have an outlet we will go crazy which i mean is proof like you can see it with the violence and with all the, the the crazy things that go along in this world is people just finally give up right they they either harm themselves or they get to the point of like, ah, you know what? I'm done. And then they end up going shooting up a grocery store or something. Yeah. And it's be- they don't have an outlet. They don't have anything to, to have a good release or, or they don't have a tribe of people to help them cope. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It's like they put themselves into isolation and then it gets, it gets really tough. It's, you know, you want to talk about loneliness. It is lonely being isolated like that, you know, and, and you know, yes. it kind of, I, I've been there at times in my life and uh, obviously you have also, and it's like, man, when you get to that point, it's, uh, it's hard to come back, you know, and the people who have, you know, it's, you know, it, it's something, it's a bit, a little bit enlightening. It's like, Hey man, we, we've got to help these other people, you know? Yep. Well, it's, it, and, and when you have the opportunity to do that, man, it's a good feeling. I, so uh, what I do, um, at least this is was kind of one of my little New Year's resolution things that I, w- that I was thinking for 2019 is every time that I jump on an airplane, um, I'm going to bring a couple of my books, and then whoever I sit next to, I'm going to I'm going to force a conversation. I'm going to get to know who they are, and I'm going to hand them a book, and that's kind of my that's my plan for this year, and because too many times we get caught in our own mind and our own struggle that we lose the moment. And so it was like the craziest thing I flew in last night. So I was in Florida a couple days ago. I flew from Florida to home. I packed on my unpacked, repacked, flew to LA for two days. I just got home from LA. I got a pack repack. I'm going out to, drive SST with Robbie because um, I'm doing that series as well and then back on to like Cal Speed it, I mean it's it's chaos so I was in the airport and I just saw this dude standing in the corner that I, you could tell he just had some despair in his face had no idea who this guy was and so I went over there and I shook his hand and just asked him if he was okay and I he I get this blank stare and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And, and so I said, all right, brother, like, look, here's my book, man. Like, I hope you have a good day. I handed it to him and just walked off. And cause I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable. And so I walked off. Well, so we, we go through the plane flight, we get back, we land sitting there waiting for my baggage. And I get a tap on the shoulder and it's this guy. I'm here again. I've never met him before. And he looks at me and he goes, listen, I just want to apologize to you for not being in the moment 
and seeing an opportunity. And the dude gives me a big hug. I'm like, wow. Okay. Kind of awkward, but you know, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was like, it was pretty rad. Right. And so we kind of wrapped a little bit of, you know, when the bags were coming and Dude, the dude's struggling, man. Like he's he's going through some mental issue problems, and he's going through some stuff. And so I exchanged phone numbers, and now we're kind of chatting back and forth. And I'm doing what I can to help him through his struggle, and and yeah, hopefully it will work. I guess so. Ultimately, what I'm getting down to is you just you don't ever know who you meet. You don't ever know the people that you talk to and what's physically going through their mind. You don't ever know until no. we ask. No, and you know, and, that, and it's not, and I've learned it's not even necessarily just people that uh, we meet, but I mean, I've got friends, you know, and sometimes you don't hear from them and, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks and sometimes just yep. a simple text or a call like, hey, you all right? You know, and just a text, hey, you good? Um, you know, and, and yep. you know, most of the time, you know, that they'll open up, hey, man, I got something rough going on. They, it's not something they would offer up, but when you just send that simple text, you know what I mean? At least it gets a dialogue going, you know, and they, they could have been stuck in their head and you don't know, you know, but now you do. And, you know, it's even people we know, like people carry a lot around a lot of stuff. And now with, you know, it's, you know, you've got two types of people. You got the people that go and air everything on social media, and then you got the people who don't yep. air anything <laughs> at all, you know, and it's like, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's funny that you say that. The people that air everything on social media. Okay, right now on your podcast, I am telling everybody, <laughs> stop putting your issue on social media. You look like a clown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one thing I've, I, I like social media. I love the interaction and I put some of myself out there. I think, you know, people who listen to my shows probably know a little bit more about me than people on social media. But you know, me, I've yeah, I, yeah. like I've actually drawn the line with, you know, family stuff and things like that. My wife and daughter and, you know, and, and I've chosen chosen not to put that or anything personal. This is more my professional side. Um, but yeah, yeah I, of course. Yeah. But, you know, not, that's a personal choice. And I've got no problem with people who post up pictures of their kids and stuff like that on their public social media, like more power to them. I just I've tried to keep that private. But like you said, some of these people, man, it's like, wow, like, you know, I, I don't need to know. You know some of the stuff. No, you put out there. no shame, dude. Like <laughs> no shame at all. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, we can draw the line here at this one. Like, wow, <laughs> we really went there. Oh man, <laughs> we really went there. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's but you know what? It's it's actually a necessary evil because it, you know for me and trying to promote and trying to to expand my, my viewership base for the book and the racing and all the other companies that we do. And social media is just a necessary evil. We, yeah. we, we have to have it because that's what everybody's on. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to hire that out. Um, I don't have time to sit on my phone all day and, you yeah. know, post and take selfies and stuff, but it's, um, it really is. It's a, it's a necessary evil. No, it, it is, you know, and I've no, like, I've got people that handle that for me, especially race weekends. You know, I got a team of people handling that for me. And, um, 
even throughout the week, like I'll, I've got, you know, I've got Chris who manages my media and my website and stuff like that. And I just, Chris, you know, yeah. I, I don't have time. I don't have time to post today. Can you put something up? Or I was thinking this or whatever, you know, and he'll go and handle that. But um, I've also know like me, like there's, there was points a couple of years ago when I was trying to grow up before I got those people, man, and you get so heavily invested in it. And I'm sitting there parked for hours at a time on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And I'm like, why? Like I'm missing out on, you know, my daughter's life and I'm missing out on everything around yeah. me because I'm so engaged in this. And like, to me, it's like, even now I'll have people like, Hey, you didn't post a picture today. What's going on? I'm like, I didn't have anything important to say, <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to go post yeah. just to post and like, I'll tune it out. Like I won't visit sometimes for a day, social media, you know, and it's just because like, there's so much going around. I felt, I feel like people miss out on real life because they're living in this digital world, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it gets frustrating sometimes. I mean, I have, I have four children of my own and, and I, I totally get it. It's there, there's a point where you just have to kind of take everything away, take the phones away and say, look, go outside, go out and play, go out and get hurt or do something on your bike or something. Right. Just get off of the, get off of the, the social media and the junk and the devices. Completely agree. Completely agree. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, circling back to 2019, man, I didn't realize, like, I know you've been doing uh, Lucas short course and the desert stuff, but that's a lot of race weekends, man. So obviously what's, <laughs> what's coming up next? I mean, obviously we got 425, we got mint 400. We're a few weeks out from that. Um, but in between you said you got some SST stuff. I know ARX doesn't start until, uh, I don't know. I was talking to Steve Arpin yesterday, working with him, some stuff on ARX and, uh, I think that's in June. So you got a little yeah, bit they're like April. Yeah. There's something like that, but you know, what's, uh, what's next for you, man. This is, you know, what 47 weekends. I'm like, whoo, you're going to be on the road a lot. Yeah, we're, we're on the road quite a bit. So, um, the next one that I have, so I'm flying to North Carolina um, later this evening. Um, I'll be out there at Robbie's place for a bit. And then I fly from there straight to um, Fontana or California. And um, so I've got to show up early because I'm speaking at the Oscars. I'm a keynote speaker at the at one of the events. So I'm speaking on Thursday. And then I've got to somehow make it back to Fontana for testing and practice on Thursday. And then Friday I'm speaking again late at night, but we've got testing and practice on Friday as well. Saturday and Sunday is the race. So Sunday I'm speaking again at the Oscars. And then I've got one day off and then I'm back to Fontana for the pro tour. So that weekend i mean so we've got that full week of testing and and getting everything dialed in so i mean i'm pretty much gone as of sunday so i leave sunday uh, or not sunday but tomorrow and i'm gone from tomorrow and for another two and a half weeks yeah so and then it's i mean that's not even the mint then that's not even including sst i mean that's all stuff after so everything everything just is all piled up What's crazy is our seasons are always really heavily front-loaded. There's always a lot going on up front, yeah. and then it kind of smooths out in the center. But it's 
not really smoothing out in the center this year for some reason. Yeah, there's, there's always been like for me at least, uh, you know, because I mix racing and then I also do a lot of TV, you know. So it's like I've always had yep. there's a, that like right around the summertime, there's like usually a month, you know, three weeks, like here and there where you can carve out a little bit of time, you know, a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, like you said, this this year I'm looking at the summer too, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to get that this year, you know. Yeah, just because there's so much going on, there's there's always so much going on, and it's great, and it's fun, and I'm not complaining about it at all. I just, I know that the perception of being a race car driver and actually what it takes to be a race car driver, there are two different opinions right there. Yeah. Most of the, most of the time, people think that, oh, you drive a race car, it must be easy. I can, I can drive a race car. I drive on the freeway at 75 miles an hour. It must be easy. Yeah, well, they don't see all the impossible work that we do of crack checking and transmissions in and out motors in and out and prepping and looking for money and <laughs> showing up to the race four days before the race just to get set up and tech and contingency and all the other stuff that I'm sure all of your listeners already know about because yeah. you've said this exact same thing, man. It's hard work. It's not, it's not easy to do. Well, and like you'd said too, I think a lot of people, you know, you said finding the money and you and I both know finding the money isn't easy. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it takes a year, two years to lock down, you know, of, of negotiations, lock down one sponsor. But then when you find the money and you get the money, then you've got to go and earn that money. You know, you don't earn it up front. Yeah. You earn it after the fact, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, sponsor, exactly. <laughs> sponsor obligations and meeting ROI and meeting these quotas of posts and this and that, you know, and, and I'm not complaining a bit. I mean, I, I am thankful that I can actually make a career at what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, it's like it's not just slapping a logo on a race car. You and I both know, like you sign that sponsorship agreement. Yep. And it's like, oh, well, you know, there's three or four weekends of, you know, I got to make an appearance here and there and things like that that go along with it, you know, that I don't think a lot of people see. They see the logo on the race car and they see race day, but they don't know what else goes into, you know, that company, you know, getting that ROI. Yeah, well, exactly. And that's um, – it, it's – it's the biggest comments that we always make of, or, or that we get are, you know, wow, that's like, you have the best job in the world. And yes, you know what? I do have the best job in the world, but keep in mind, it's still a job. Yeah. I mean, there are the down and dirties, the things that you don't see. Like what, what could be bad about, about driving a race car? All right. Well, have you ever experienced trying to pull off a catheter after a 500 mile race? <laughs> Um, no, I don't think I have. Okay, then you have no room to say anything. <laughs> oh, man. And I got to tell you, it, what, tell you. <laughs> what's funny is you and I understand that. Oh. I know that there are people like, what catheter? What's he saying, man? I don't get it. <laughs> I will say the first time you put one on. Oh you always God. do it wrong and it's bad. It's bad when you, it's, it's so it, bad, dude. Then you learn it really quick. so bad. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, we, we don't need to get too deep into it, but you learn real quick the things <laughs> you do and don't do with a catheter. It's like, man, it, uh, it's trial by fire. Literally. Like you're just like, Oh, I don't care how sore you are after a race. The first time you wear a catheter, you're uh, way sore the next day because of that. Oh yeah. I'm serious. Dude, I'm seriously crying right now, dude. It's funny. Oh. Uh, I mean, what's as, and if we're a racer, 
anybody who's who's a desert racer all has a catheter story, man. Oh. Like we don't need to delve into it, but we all have one. There's you know the stories of yeah, my buddy was he stepped on the hose as I was getting out of the truck, oh, and yeah. like I, like we've heard them all, right? And they're all funny now, but in the moment, <laughs> man, they're not funny. It's not funny at all. Not even close. No, it's not. So. <laughs> oh, man. Catheter stories. That's a book in itself, right? Or that's a podcast no in kidding, itself. Right? Just a roundtable discussion on catheter stories. Catheter, catheter stories and then just race car lingo in general, oh, right? Yeah. I, I'm telling you, man, like when you – like for me, it was, it was kind of an eye-opener. It was funny because – like my biggest thing is I like to make people laugh. I yeah. just the smiles are the best. Right. So, but I was telling one of my buddies that is really not into race cars. He's like, how did it go? I'm like, man, we were like bombing through this thing. And, and like, we were going through this small section and I was giving her the wood, man. Like I was flying, but then I ended up blowing a tranny. <laughs> okay. Normal. That's normal. Talk for me. Like that's how I say things. And he looks at me and he goes, what, what, what did you say? And then I had to kind of like think about what I said. I'm like, no, 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 dude. Like I blew a transmission and yeah, get your mind out of the gutter, bro. <laughs> and he's like, okay, got you. Yeah. So That's... it's just funny because it's the, the, the racing analogies and, and the funny little things that we do as race car drivers they just they kind of fit in with how normal life goes in business and and all sorts of crazy things yeah you know and it's funny too like you, you know there's that tv show what is it taxi cab confessionals or something like that i gotta tell you yes that yeah anybody that's ever driven with a co-driver in an off-road race like say vegas Trina, when you're in there for <laughs> hours at a time like obviously the co-driver is calling out corners but there's that like there's some storytelling that goes on and it's some of that stuff that what stays in the race tr- or happens in the racetrack stays in the racetrack but some of the stories going back yep. and forth I'm like man if that was recorded like there's some epic conversations that I've had in a race car that, <laughs> that probably will stay in the race car but it's just you know it's one of those like I said it, it could be its own television show <laughs> that is that is a very true statement right there it's pretty funny man that's yeah, good Oh, well, I appreciate the time, Justin, man. It was a ton of fun. I'm already thinking, like, if you're going to be at the Mint, I know we're doing a live show at the Mint uh, down there on Fremont Street on Friday or something. I'll have to ping you guys, see if we can get you to stop by for 10 or 15 minutes to chat on Fremont uh, around Mint 400 time or something. Yeah, of course. That's, um, that's of course, if I can make it. Uh, <laughs> I have um, a, a small scheduling conflict. It's That's actually the first round of SST in Florida. Oh, so, wow. I know it's um, with things getting moved around, it it kind of got, it's not really the best situation. So, so Robbie's trying to figure things out now, hopefully. And so where, where, where I can do the SST and then literally fly from Florida straight to Vegas, jump in the race car and go. I was going to say, so, Robbie will probably be doing the same thing. If, if, we, it, if it works out, he'll probably be doing the same thing, right? Well, yeah, we, we between so there's me, Blade, Cole Potts, and and Robbie. We all want to race the mint. I mean, it's we all have done it. Yeah. So there's four out of four out of the group that want to do it, and so he's he's trying to make it work. I'll I'll know more today. If it doesn't work, it's okay. And because yeah. I uh, 
I'm a little bummed with kind of how the class structures work out in, in the best in the desert setup now with them taking away that drop race. Yeah. Like, honestly, man, like if you think about it at Parker, there were 53 trucks that were registered in the 6,100 class. Yeah. And 12 finished 12. And so those 12 people are the only people that can actually fight for a championship now. Yeah. I broke and there's no way, like the only way that I could even compete for a championship now is all 12 of those trucks in front of me are going to have to break at least one race. And I'm going to have to beat them because it was Parker. It was the largest race around and they're going to get maximum finishing points. And so I'm a little frustrated on that part. That's why I was, was picking the SST, but you know, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. I'm a, at, at the end of the day, I'm a driver yeah. and I, I love to race and I don't care what I'm racing in. So, you know, whatever it is, we'll have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time, Justin, man. Uh, always, well, I can't say always fun catching up. Definitely had a good time on this one and we need to do it again soon for sure. Perfect. Perfect. All right, that was uh, Justin Peck. And uh, like I said before, we got a two for today. That is right, two for the price of one. And right now we're going to roll into my interview with my good friend Dave Mason over at betonline.ag. I'd like to welcome my first guest to the show uh, for this week's Project Action here on Podcast One, uh, Dave Mason with betonline.ag. How is, uh, how's everything going, man? You guys are just coming off a big run at the Super Bowl, so I'm sure like right now it's kind of, uh, I don't want to say decompressed because we've got March Madness, we've got playoffs coming in NBA, NHL, we've got baseball starting up. Like You guys don't get a break, right? No, especially because I work in the marketing side of things too, so you know we're always preparing two, three months in ahead, so... You know, times like this, you know, maybe the guys on the stage get a little breather, but, you know, especially being All-Star Weekend, but uh, you know, we're, we're, full, we're, full board ahead. we're full board ahead. You know, we got, we're working on stuff for March Madness, et cetera. But, yeah, yeah, so, you know, pretty good weekend of betting. Not not great, but we we got some big events that USC Sunday night on ESPN. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. UFC used to be, you know, I guess it was kind of a once-a-month thing when you had the big, uh, you know, the big pay-per-views, but now it's like, Man, it's almost every single weekend. If you're an MMA fan, there's something for you, and that means BetOnline.ag's got something for everyone. No, absolutely. I mean, more events the better, right? I mean, I'm a huge MMA fan. I've been watching since UFC one way back in the day, kind of showing my age. And yeah, you're right. It used to be like a few times a year, then once a month, and now they're just like every other every weekend, pretty much something. Like, especially now with the ESPN deal, which is big, and I it's going to be I'm going to be keeping an eye on that to see if. You know, betting numbers will increase now that some of them are on ESPN. Uh, so, uh, the early numbers are looking good for this weekend's card. Of course, the main event, the big one, Cain Velasquez versus Francis Naganyo. Yeah, you know, and Cain, he's he's one of those guys. I still think he's one of the scariest fighters in MMA. You know, and I know he he had a great run there with a title for a while, and obviously he had a had a hiccup. But he's one of those guys. He seems like. You hear the name Cain Velasquez, and, and people tune in for that because they remember, man, he had some iconic fights. And this guy, he was one of the f- most feared fighters ever there for a period of time. Yeah, one healthy, I think he's the best heavyweight of all time. And, of course, the best heavyweight of all time is going to be the best fighter of to- or the baddest man on the planet. Maybe not technically the best fighter, but, uh, yeah, I mean, when healthy back in the day, I mean, he would just – 
destroy people. A lot of blood. I was talking to some guy the other day, and he wasn't a big MMA fan, but he, he was like, oh, yeah, King Velasquez, people always bleed a lot. I'll be watching. So he's always an entertaining <laughs> player. You know, he's always putting a beat down. But uh, this Francis Nagano, you know, he's his heavy hands. And Kane's been out for a long time. I think July 2016 was his last fight. So we'll see if there's a substantial ring rust or he's still the Kane of old. Yeah, and I was going to say with the betting, that's where it gets interesting with a guy like Kane because we know his track record. But like you said, he's been off for a while, so it's it's got to make kind of betting in the lines a little bit interesting for a fight like this, right? Because we don't really know what we're gonna what to expect with Kane, right? Like you said, you don't know if there's ring rust. I mean, obviously he's been spending a ton of time in the gym, but we really don't know until you know the cage door slams, right? No, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's we'll see. I mean. He opened minus 240 favorite, and uh, he's all the way down to minus 152. So money's, money's coming in on Nagano. Um, we'll see. It's going to be tough. I mean, I don't, if it goes down too much farther, I'll, I'll take a bite on Kane at, at, at that price. I, I have faith that he'll be, if he's returned into the octagon, he's going to be the Kane of old. But who knows? I mean, that Nagano all takes his one punch from that guy, and then your lights out. Yeah, well, and also this weekend, I know uh, we've got some big Bellator fights too, right? Uh, you know, coming up this weekend. And I want to talk a little bit about Bellator because, like, you know, it, it, for the longest time it was kind of, I don't know, it, it's it's always played second fiddle UFC. I mean, UFC, that's, you know, that's the big show. But, like, Bellator, some of the names they've got coming in there. And, and uh, you know, and obviously you guys got, you've got legends like Fedor that fight there, but you got big country Roy Nelson. I mean, you know, he's on the card, Matt Mitrione. I mean, you've got guys that made a name for themselves in the UFC. Now they're fighting over a Bellator. And, I mean, how is betting for that? Because they've got some big fights that they've been rolling out the past few months and, and uh, you know, and obviously coming this weekend as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, some big names there. Uh, Mitch Jones fighting. Uh, big country, Roy Nelson against Crow Cop. That, that's going to be uh, interesting. Chuck Congo, he's always uh, yeah. either knocking someone out or not getting knocked out. So <laughs> some big boys are on, on, on the on stage just this weekend. So expect some big knockouts. But yeah, I mean, bet, bet up Bellator, it, it depends on the fight. It gets nowhere near the action as UFC, but, but it's, it's, the action's increasing. You know, it, it depends on the fighter. It does help that there's some big names in there. So, uh, yeah, good, good weekend of fights. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, well, and I'm just looking down the schedule here, you know, and, and going back to UFC. I mean, the big one coming in March. I mean, we got to talk about John Jones. You want to talk about one of – you know, the thing about John Jones is you either love John Jones or you hate John Jones, but everybody's got an opinion on the guy. And I got to think when it comes to betting, when you've got a guy like that that draws that much attention – he draws a lot, that much attention to the betting of the fight too. You got people betting against him just because they hate him, and then you got he's got betting you know betting for him because you know arguably regardless of you know whatever his drug you know testing history is, this guy is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Yeah, throw throw the throw his off off out of the octagon issues you know and the drug testing and all that. If, if you just throw that all out, I mean he's the best fighter of all time in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the odds are always so high. I mean, good Lord, he's a minus 1,400 favorite against Anthony Smith on March 2nd. And uh, Smith is, what, plus 85, take, uh, plus 850 take back. So we'll be rooting for John Jones. That's the thing with these fights, man. When, you, when, you're, talking big, when you're talking these big favorites, everybody takes the dog. You know, when, whenever John Jones is, is, is fighting, we're usually uh, – Room for John Jones because everybody's taking that plus money on the underdog, thinking uh, you know there's value there. And against John Jones, man, it's hard to 
hard to think of value on anybody fighting that guy. Yeah, well, and you know, and that being said, this is a big card uh, coming up in March because uh, Woodley's on there as well. I mean, this is uh, like a double main event deal. I mean, and, and lines are a little bit closer in that fight. Yep, absolutely. The welterweight belt will be on the line. Uh, Tyron Woodley, minus 180 favorite versus Kamara Usman, plus 155. Um, two good wrestlers, good athletes. Uh, I mean, uh, I think Ty- Tyron's going to be definitely held. Holds advantage in stand-up and athleticism, too. He's a lot quicker than Usman, I believe. So um, we'll still be interesting to see how that, that, that number goes. But I, I can't see it going down too much too much farther. I've doubted Woodley too many times, and I'm done doubting him. He's, he's, he's <laughs> one of the best out there today. Right. You know, he, he got a guy in a bad rap there because, and then, you know, I was me too because he had some really boring fights, and he's, he's fighting safe fights and everything. But, hey, he's winning as long as you get your hand raised, whatever. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what Woodley, I, I've saw some interviews with him, and he kind of said the same thing. He says, hey, I'm winning. It may not be the way you guys want me to win, but I'm winning. You know, and every time I step in this ring, I'm winning. And, you know, everybody, you know, I guess, you know, there, there was a lot to be said. There's been a lot of fighters, you know, that have been that same way. But uh, like you said, he's he's the champ, and, uh, you know, I think it's definitely going to be, uh, be a good fight for sure. Uh, what else you guys got going there? I mean, obviously, you know, we got March Madness coming up. Um, I did notice, uh, I, I honestly, I frequent your website quite a bit. Um, but, uh, uh, auto racing, I know we got Daytona and you got some NASCAR, um, like futures and you, there's a whole lot going on. I mean, I was even looking, uh, you know, we've started talking some esports on this show quite a bit here recently, and you guys are even taking some betting on esports now. Yeah. You name it. If it's a competition, we're, we're taking odds on it. I mean, esports is growing. I mean, when, when the few years back when people told me we're going to start offering esports, I was like, what the, what, the, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and here we are a few years later, I had stone section on the website, people asking me on Twitter, I don't know anything about it, so <laughs> don't have me on your, don't have me on your podcast to talk about that. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, shoot, I mean, Academy Awards, that's always a huge betting event. We got that, the odds up on that. Um, you know, the, like, like you said, Daytona 500, the race season's underway. We do great with the, with race, uh, you know, uh, and NBA all-star weekend, people in you know, a dunk contest, three point contest, Sat- Sunday's game team, LeBron versus team Giannis, uh, you know, hockey, we had the best hockey offering out there, reduced juice lines, but the earliest opener. So if it's a competition, any kind of competition, we got it. You know, and that's one thing I really like about BetOnline.ag is, you guys, you know, and it's not just, like you said, you've got some fun stuff in, in the mix, you know, and it's not just a, a straight-up bet on a, a game. You guys have, you know, live in-game betting. You know, the list goes on. So, I mean, there's something for everyone with betonline.ag. No, absolutely. If you like a competition and you like uh, whatever, I mean, a lot of props, you know, even the bets within the bet, we have it. We have, a, we have everything you need. Politics, you want to bet on Trump, we got odds <laughs> on Trump. <laughs> Oh uh, well, I appreciate the time, Dave. Man, always uh, always fun catching up with you and uh, getting your take on MMA and everything else going on. And uh, you know, I I definitely will be uh, locked into the website. Well, I don't know that John Jones fight. We'll have to see. That's uh, I don't know. It's one of those. Maybe I have to slap some money on the underdog. Maybe gets uh, a little yeah, lucky there. Deep price. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud. All right, thanks a lot, Dave. All right, later. Man, fun, fun show today. And you know, if you like this show, you're going to love your Welcome with Chael Sonnen on Podcast One. Join the UFC superstar as he interviews the hottest names in MMA about the world of competitive fighting and more. Check out your Welcome with Chael Sonnen every Wednesday and Friday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
and thank you for tuning in to Project Action this week. Uh, great, great guest in Justin Peck. Much appreciated to uh, Dave Mason, uh, one of the big supporters of this show, for coming on and uh, for all they do for all of uh, the Podcast One Sports Network. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to follow me at JimBeaver15 on social media. Hit that subscribe button over there on iTunes right here to Project Action, as well as my other show, the Down and Dirty Radio Show. And, uh, man, love to hear from you guys. If you ever have uh, any guest suggestions, anybody you want to hear, uh, complaints, um, I guess uh, praises, whatever you got, I'd love to hear them. Hit me up on social media at Jim Beaver 15 So hopefully you guys have a great week or weekend, depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, we'll see you back here next week with some more Project Action on Podcast One.